Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My returning special guest this week is a gentleman by the name of Sean Rhodes, speaker, trainer, coach, and author of Bulletproof Selling in Tampa, Florida. Sean saved lives of service members on the battlefields around the world. He now helps salespeople save and improve their sales. He's a Tampa-based TEDx speaker and has worked studying performance in more than two dozen countries, including the most dangerous places on the planet, has been published in Time, CNN, NBC, Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, INC, and hundreds of other media outlets. Sean is also a nationally syndicated columnist with the business journals and authored four books, including his newest book, a great bestseller, Bulletproof Selling, Systemizing Sales for the Battlefields of Business. Sean, welcome back to the podcast today, my friend. Thanks, Ian. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. I know I'm going to learn a lot from you this time as well. <laughs> no, we, I, think, I think we do that for each other. Uh, certainly, uh, we're, uh, we're in different parts of North America, that's for sure, but I think we have a lot in common in the middle, which is, is great. And thanks again. I know you're really busy. You've got some new engagements. You're speaking, you're writing, you're doing all of the things you should, and you're keeping it in balance with your family, which is wonderful to hear. Um, maybe I could ask you a few questions just to, for the benefit of our listeners today. I love the word bulletproof selling, and it's a, the title of your book as well. What does it mean to be bulletproof in sales, Sean? Well, I realized, Ian, after studying about 30,000 sales calls across hundreds of industries, that the reason that every single one of those deals was lost, when it was lost, was not because of price. It wasn't because of competition. It wasn't because of the economy. It wasn't because of a pandemic. Sales aren't lost for those reasons, was the big insight we had. They're actually lost because of hope. We discovered that hope is what kills sales. And when I thought back to my time as a war correspondent in the U.S. Marine Corps studying combat troops all over the world, I realized that these folks were able to perform at such a high level. They were able to be essentially bulletproof because they didn't rely on hope in how they accomplished their missions. And the top salespeople in the world that I've seen, and I know you you are one of them, Ian, and you get to train them and you get to talk to them all the time, they're not hoping that they remember what to do when they're in front of that big account next week. They don't hope they remember to ask the right questions or hope that they remember those objection turnarounds that they've had to learn over a brutal, brutal rejection. No, they have something better than that. They have the same things that combat troops were using, which was systems, good training, process, things that they knew were going to be reliable no matter how stressed they were, how stressed, how, how many bullets were flying downrange. So we discovered that what it means to be bulletproof is to remove hope from how we sell. 
wonderfully said. I, and talk about a deep dive on research. You research 30,000 30, sales calls. That is a lot. And to determine that the, the loss is not based on the things you talked about, Sean, but hope kills sales. I mean, it's great to be hopeful, optimistic, mm -hmm. have that positive mindset, but you've got to do your due diligence and, and systems and process and training can help us be at the forefront of that due diligence. So it, music to my ears, it, it truly is. It begs the question. Um, so I, your background is just amazing to me. It's it, very honorable, I must say. What does the military and combat have to do with selling? That's a question that we get a lot, Ian, because it's a, a lot different when rounds are flying downrange as opposed to just picking up the phone. Um, in one situation, you're risking your life, and in the other one, you aren't. So there's something that a lot of salespeople uh, may not realize in that you are sharing a lot of things in the act of selling as troops are going through in combat. So we've been able to do this in the military where we, we study the blood work and the brain scans of people that are going downrange on missions. And then we study the blood work and brain scans of people that are being put in stressful situations in clinical studies. And we discovered that the same things are happening in both of them. So biologically, Ian, when you get on a sales call and there's those butterflies in your stomach because that decision maker is about to pick up the phone or you know you're about to be inside of that large meeting, well, those butterflies are caused from a dump of adrenaline into our system. The same adrenaline that military folks have when they're about to step out of the gate on a mission. Um, and you might have had the situation, Ian, or I know you've coached people through it, where the prospect drops a bomber of an objection on you. I mean, something that you had no idea you were going to face, or you are just at a loss for words because that one deal that you thought was going to make your year suddenly evaporates in front of you. Well, that, that, that freeze kind of situation that happens with all of us as humans, that's because there's a bunch of norepinephrine being jacked into your system. The same type of situation happens with combat troops before they're about to kick down a door in, in an urban combat environment. So our, our limbic brains, our bodies are exactly the same. The chemical reactions we're having are exactly the same. And while we may not be on a actual battlefield in sales, Ian, we are in a battle with our prospects for their attention. We're in a battle against our competition, and we are definitely in a battle against everything that they had on their calendar that day, the folks that we're trying to reach out to. So if we don't understand what folks are doing to plan, process, and overcome all of those situations in a, in, in a place like Fallujah or in a place like uh, 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 Baghdad, well, if we can understand what they're doing, then it allows us to unlock what we can do as salespeople in the comfort of an air-conditioned office or, or a home office to overcome those biological responses, to direct and channel our energy so that we can be of higher service to our prospects, to our customers. I love how you, you've married it. It's, it's biological. The blood work that you've looked at, the, the brain scans you've looked at. And you're right. We all have those butterflies in those moments of truth when you know, the objection, we're used to handling the, the ones that are rock size, but when someone hits you with a boulder of an objection, whoo, that mm -hmm. frees you on the spot, right? That, that can be, you know, and I get why that would cause such a, a blast and adrenaline. I mean, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. selling. So it's amazing, Sean, that you've been able to marry it to, to the same things that troops go through in the field going on a mission. It's biological. It's human. It's the human nature that's going on. It's, fascinating stuff to me so how about this how can being bulletproof which again i love the word how can being bulletproof help us be more targeted in our sales activity sean 
well, if we have great process, then we're going to operate differently. Because uh, I've, I've been in the other uh, situation as a junior salesperson where I was just given a lead list and said, get to work. Uh, wasn't very targeted, didn't do any research, uh, just was not planning very well. And of course, my results spoke exactly to that type of planning, which was not very many results for not much planning. So I, I really say to salespeople, it's the difference between being a machine gunner or being a sniper. Uh, machine gunner, they spray and they pray. They put a lot of rounds downrange. And I see most salespeople operating like machine gunners if we're going to equate them with any role in the military. Uh, because we're taught the more activity you put down, the better your results are going to be. And a machine gunner will hit something because they fire uh, something like 60 uh, rounds every second. I mean, it, it is incredible the amount of firepower they can put downrange. They'll hit something, but it probably won't be their highest value target. Now, let's contrast that with something like the role of a sniper. Uh, a sniper, they can fire one round every couple of seconds, but we don't send snipers out to spray and pray. We send snipers out when there's only one chance for success. They have to be exactly at the right place at the right time, and we send them out after our high-value targets. And the reason that the sniper school is so much longer than the machine gunner school is not to learn to pull the trigger on a weapon. It's to give that sniper more process, more system, more opportunity to do the right thing at the right time when there's that chemical cocktail going through their bloodstream when they only have that one shot at success, just like us in sales. If we mess it up on the first call, we may never get a conversation with that decision maker again. So if we take the processes and the systems that you're teaching on your show, Ian, that your guests are teaching, that you've written about in your books, that we learn about from other books and podcasts, if we take them and implement them, we become bulletproof because we have the systems and the process now to not have to spray and pray because we understand how to be more targeted and focused to go after those accounts and we'll be able to make the bigger impact on, and of course, the bigger income as well. Love how you framed that, the analogy, Sean, you use, spray and pray. I, I, I use those terms in, in trading sometimes, but you're right. In some, some companies, it's all about activity, right? And it's just, you do enough, somebody will say yes at some point. Meanwhile, you're running mm -hmm. out of time. And, you know, in the military example, you could run out of bullets. Right. If you yeah. didn't pray long enough, you might have nothing left to hit a target. And, and I love the scenario the the analogy of the sniper, it's ready, aim, fire, not ready, fire, aim and hope you hit mm -hmm. something. There's the word again, hope. Right. So and how do you do that? How do you become a sniper in sales planning system and process? Like give yourself the luxury of that advantage. And, and you know, it's not bullets, it's time. We're in the game of time in the world of selling. So the more efficient we get and effective we can become with our time and hitting the high-value target, the better we'll be. I love how you said that. I can't wait to, to get my hands on your latest book, Sean. I really can't. Listen, you mentioned sales systems, and, and I'm a believer. You and I, are, we violently agree on the idea of a sales mm -hmm. Yeah, where should salespeople start? with using process and systems. You said there's been a lot of people written about it. There's a lot of podcasts mm -hmm. about it. But where should, where should they really start, Sean? And so uh, I would say to understand what a system looks like in sales, uh, because there's a lot of different ways it could look, but there, there's an overarching structure that we've noticed every good sales system has. Um, the first piece of it is that it's outside of your head. Because, again, if you're hoping to remember all the things that you've learned from your show, Ian, or you're hoping uh, to remember all the books you've read, or hoping to remember the 10,000 sales calls that you might have had under your belt, depending on how long you've been in the industry, you're hoping on a lot of different things to come together in the right place at the right time. 
didn't work on the battlefield doesn't work on the battlefield of business either. And so what we need to understand then the overarching structure of a system, it's outside your head. It needs to have a trigger element. So when do I know to bring this system into play? Is it when I'm planning out my, my ideal client profile? Is it when, when I'm building my pipeline? Which, by the way, Ian, uh, you're, when you came on my show, Bulletproof Selling, you were the first person to lay out, here's what a great systemized pipeline looks like. So I encourage anybody that uh, wants to hear more of Ian, get on Bulletproof Selling, look up Ian's show, podcast, and sales system. You did a great job there, sir. But once we have that trigger element, I know when this comes into play. Maybe it's during a conversation. Maybe it's when I hear the specific objection. That's the trigger. The next part is making sure it's repeatable. What are the four or five things I need to do in what order to make sure that I'm executing all the things consistently across that problem, across that piece of my pipeline? And by doing it repeatedly, it doesn't mean that I've captured all the things I need to do in a specific order, but if I have four or five reminders, a simple checklist I can follow, I'm gonna be a lot further down the road than I would be if I tried to just hope that I would remember them on the fly. And the next piece of this is to make sure you're improving your systems, Ian. This, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to this in our conversation today, but what are the things that I need to do to make sure I'm staying up to date with the industry changes I'm seeing, with the market changes, with the economy? If I'm expecting a system to work as well 20 years from now as it does today, I'm hoping that it's going to happen. It just doesn't work. And this is proves out every day when I hear from salespeople, Sean, what's keeping you up at night? Um, while that term might have worked in 1985, it doesn't ring as true today because we've all heard it so much. So you've got to improve the systems that you are using. And the final element, Ian, is to make sure you're measuring progress. If we don't measure the effectiveness of what we're doing, all the way from developing our client profile to after the sale when we're generating referrals, if we're not measuring those things along the way, we'll never know how to manage and improve them. We'll be hoping that things work out in our favor rather than knowing it's because I need to adjust that specific metric at that place in my pipeline or my sales process. That's what's gonna get me results or help me overcome a challenge I'm having. So I'd say that's a great overview for how to use systems in, and then as far as where to use systems, pick the last sales problem that you've had because there's no place I've seen inside a sales cycle where systems couldn't help you be better, couldn't help you be more like a sniper and less like a machine gunner. So maybe that was getting better quality prospects, overcoming objections, making sure that your quotes don't just get sent out there to languish and gather dust, that they're, they're getting response, they're getting return, that you're staying engaged with your prospects. Because wherever you're having that problem, Ian, there's a system that you can put in place using that very simple method I just gave you, trigger, repeatable, improvable, and measurable, that you can begin to apply to get better results and become more bulletproof in how you sell. Wonderfully said, Sean. And, and that is the acronym, folks. It's TRIM. T-R-I-M, yep. the, the trigger element, repeatable, which is you got to become consistent when you're doing this. Constantly be looking to improve, improve the system. How do you do that? You listen, you learn, you do research, you invest in what's going on in the world and, and the changes that are in the minds of your customers and prospects and your competitors. And if you don't measure it, you'll never manage it. I, I'm a big believer in measurement. It's, it's, it's without that, it, we're back to hope. Dancing in the dark, mm -hmm. you've got to turn the lights on and measure the things we're doing because that's how you can measure whether you are improving or not. So well said, uh, Sean. Trim, remember that, folks. Trigger, repeatable improvement and measurement, all critical to, to implement a, a process and a system uh, to help you succeed. So how can we stay? So we've given the listeners, Sean, today, and thank you again. Uh, for reinforcing this and presenting it in such a practical way, we've given the listeners some, some ideas, some methods, some tools uh, to help them become more effective. How can we stay 
bulletproof. Uh, when things change in our industry and with our prospects, because change is on, ongoing. Every day, something changes. How do we stay bulletproof? Well, this is something that we, we had to learn often the hard way in the military. We try to be fast when situations happen that force us to learn because the, uh, the stakes are pretty high. So I'll give you an example of what this looks like in the military, and then we'll apply it into sales. In the military, in 2003, when we initially invaded Iraq, uh, we were in open-top Humvees with canvas doors, no cover, um, and that was great for traveling light because we needed to get to Baghdad quickly. But pretty soon our role changed because our environment changed. We weren't just you know, trying to get from A to B as quickly as possible. We were in neighborhoods patrolling communities. Well, our enemy noticed that, so they adjusted their tactics. Suddenly we were realizing, hey, we're facing bombs now. We need to have armor on our Humvees. Well, the Marines are great for innovating solutions on the fly, so I saw these folks just uh, solder metal plates to the sides of these open-top Humvees so we would have some form of armor. Well, they just kept increasing the size of the bombs they were using until finally we had to move into what they call uh, MRAPs, which is basically like a tank on wheels, an incredibly up-armored Humvee with the ability to withstand a lot of damage. Well, I'd give you that analogy to walk you through how we had to adjust to what the environment was giving us. We didn't force our, our folks to only use uh, uh, in, inadequate pieces of equipment. We had to up-armor them. So how do you up-armor what you're doing as a salesperson as part of your process? It's paying attention, which means dedicating time at the end of each week to look at where can I improve? What are the challenges that I encountered this week? Did I not fulfill my activity goal? Did I not uh, overcome objections? Was there a certain thing that kept holding me up in my process? Am I waiting for one deal to close? And I realized I probably should have had some more in my pipeline earlier in the year. You don't take the time each week to look at how do I up armor what I'm doing? Then you'll be battered by the winds of change. But if you take the time to look at where can I improve and then make a plan to do the research, to reach out to people in your network, to call Ian up, to send him a message on LinkedIn to say, Ian, I'm, I've got this problem, man, in sales. How do I fix it? You don't take the time to reach out to develop better systems to improve the ones that you're already using. Then it'll be impossible for you to stay bulletproof. And that's why in my own company, Ian, each week, my team brings me the challenges that they've encountered. And every challenge either updates one of our existing systems or we realize we don't even have a system in that area. We've never developed an objection turnaround script or whatever that might be. So we need to get to work putting a system into place so that we can stay bulletproof in that area. So it's that continuous improvement thing that I know you talk about in almost every one of your episodes, Ian, how we need to continue to improve to get better. That's how we stay bulletproof. Love how you said that. Take them, Sean. First of all, listeners, what did Sean just say? That, that was a loaded answer, Sean. There was so much there. <laughs> really, sir, really. dedicate time to reflect. So whether that's a Friday morning or, or whatever it is, before you start your weekend, you either do it by yourself or you do it as a team as Sean's group does, which is wonderful. Make an inventory of the things that need improvement on. And then put a plan in place to make those improvements and still pay attention. Your radar still has to be on. Is it working better or not? Do we have to shift something else? Oftentimes you solve one problem, you create two other ones. So, so it's important to keep the radar on and look at what's working and what could or needs to be further improved. I, the, the word waiting, Sean, just for those people in sales, there's no word waiting in the world of sales. In our vernacular, in our vocabulary, the word waiting is deleted. We don't wait in the world of sales. We have to take the next step. We have to be the person with the pen who's making the next step. Even if the customer needs two weeks to think about it, I'm going to make a note in my calendar. I'm going to reach out in two weeks. 
follow up with fast customers, see if there's any outstanding questions or information I can offer up. Maybe it's a reference account. Maybe it's you know some factual information on on, on the product or the service that we're we're offering. So no waiting. Always do some planning. I love Sean what you said. Up armor. That that's it's a constant thing, and that's what happened in the battlefield. That you just did it mm-hmm. once. You know, there, there'd be a lot of dead people. Because the fact that you yep. paid attention and kept <laughs> up in the stakes, yeah, you, you gave everyone a chance to to be effective at what it is their mission was. So that, that's that's so awesome. Again, Sean uh, Rhodes has been again a returning guest, fabulous guest. Now, Sean, before we let you go, I'm sure you've sparked the interest of many listening today. How could our listeners reach out to get a hold of you? Get your hands get their hands on one of your books or one of your podcasts or, or, you know, some services that you could offer. What's the best reach out, John? Absolutely. And our field headquarters is a simple website, bulletproofselling.us, exactly how it's spelled and how it sounds. And when you get there, we've got a five-minute sales assessment that'll generate a sales system for you wherever you're struggling to have one in your sales cycle. And of course, uh, if you're interested in learning more, I encourage you first to check out Ian's guest episode on our podcast that we have, Bulletproof Selling as well, uh, where he did a great job of outlining a sales system to create a pipeline that actually works. So uh, Bulletproof Selling as a podcast is another great way to get a hold of me. And of course, I encourage you to follow us on LinkedIn, where Ian and I are trading comments back and forth on sales just about every week, it seems like. So definitely check me out on LinkedIn at Sean Rhodes. That's fantastic. Again, my very special guest this week has been Sean Rhodes, speaker, trainer, coach, and author of Bulletproof Selling in Tampa, Florida. Sean, thank you again on behalf of our listeners for taking the time and sharing your fabulous wisdom today. Yes, sir. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins with Ian Selby.